take a praise break right now. Just let the devil know the harder you attack, the more I'm going to praise him. The more you come against me, the more I'm going to turn toward him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to put my faith in him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder, do you feel it in the back? I wonder, do you feel it in the sound booth back there? Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you lift your hands? 
Hallelujah. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, I feel Holy Ghost fire in this place. Mm, tell somebody else, I feel Holy Ghost fire. I feel Holy Ghost breakthrough in this place. Amen. You must be in the right posture to move forward in faith. You cannot pronounce and declare faith with your mouth and look defeated in your posture. And that's what praise is all about. Praise is all about getting in the right posture. It's about positioning yourself for the supernatural to happen in your life. Amen. Get your shoulders back. Get your head up. Get your chin up. Amen. We're soldiers in the army of the Lord, and God's never lost a battle. Not one time. So what that tells me is, is if you're, if you're fighting and the Lord is on your side and he's on your side, you're on his side and he's on your side, it's just a matter of time. All you have to do is just stay in the fight. Do you believe that? Amen. I thank you. I thank you for responding in prayer. Uh, anytime there is resistance in the tabernacle of God, that's not the will of God. There should be no resistance. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If there is not complete liberty, there is resistance. And if there is resistance, there is not complete liberty. And so we have to push and shake that off. Amen. It does not feel like the day after Christmas in here right now. And so I thank you for responding Friday night. Well, let me say this. There will be no service here Thursday night. Um, we will push that to Friday night for our New Year's Eve service. We're expecting a very powerful night. We will be taking communion that night, and we will be casting vision and telling you about some very exciting things that are going to be happening around all of our campuses, some things that have actually already taken place, and, and then we're going to be telling you about some exciting events next year, and we need you to go ahead and get in focus. We can't just say this is going to be our greatest year ever and push a button you know, called autopilot or something and then it just happened no we have to stay focused we have to stay here we have to be on point we can't misstep we can't let our feet slip uh, we we have to be in the right posture to go into our greatest year ever and I, I believe that I believe that the Lord can double I believe he can double every campus in 2022 I believe that We thank you, Lord, for participating. We thank you very much for participating in the Million Dollar Mission. I cannot wait um, for the giving to start rolling in on that. 
and the Lord helping us to support countries and missionaries around the world. And then don't forget your Christmas for Christ. You'll have about three or four weeks to get that in, as Pastor Jackson was talking about earlier. Amen. Are you excited to be here tonight? The Lord has had me dancing around a passage of scripture here in Luke chapter 1 for two or three days now. And it wasn't until late last night that I, that I think I got a hint of where that the Lord was trying to lead me into. There is a lot. I don't recall ever preaching particularly from this story unless it was maybe uh, in, in the context of a Christmas message. This is not a Christmas message, and you'll, you'll see that, I think, pretty quickly here. But I, I have felt the Lord directing me, and I could not get away from this. And there is so much here. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get it all out, but, but I am thankful. I am thankful for his, his word. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. Stay with me for a little bit. This is a little bit of a lengthy passage, but it's all important. I tried to trim some of it down for the text's sake, and I just couldn't get it there. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abijah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child. Because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in age. That's a nice way of saying they were retired almost. They were well stricken in age or in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God. While he executed. While he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course according to the custom of the priest's office his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord that's an important point there his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude that's the nation of Israel that's the people that had gathered into Jerusalem for this day the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense, they were outside of the temple. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Everything, the direction from the temple, everything is presented from the perspective of looking east. And so the altar of incense, the angel Gabriel was standing right on the right side looking east of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Everybody say, Thy prayer is heard. Thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. 
And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? Zacharias, the high priest, the one that was standing at the altar of incense, the one that had placed the incense upon the hot burning coals, the one that was there as the representative of God, having been visited by this angel, said, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that all these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. I find it striking the fact that we don't, have any kind of evidence here that God told Gabriel to do that. It was almost like it was at the discretion of Gabriel. And that was Gabriel's response to Zacharias's unbelief. He said, you're going to be dumb. You're not going to speak until all these things be performed. They will be performed, but you're not going to be able to speak for about another nine months. The people waited for Zacharias, and they marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those things, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Moving very quickly, verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day, that's the day of the circumcision that they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. Verse 62, And they made signs. Everybody say they made signs. They made signs to his father how he would have have him called and he asked for a writing table and wrote saying his name is John and they marveled all and his mouth was open immediately and his tongue was loose and he spake and praised God they made signs to his father Zacharias came out of the temple with all the people standing there and he was speechless and he began to make signs unto them and hand motions and they perceived that he had seen Vision. So I want to talk to you tonight from the subject sign language. Sign language. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your great power that is in this place. You're a miracle working God. I pray that you would talk to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Let your mighty anointing rest upon us in this sanctuary tonight. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to do your will, to do your will in this place. In Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can stay with me for a little while here, I'd, I'd like to preach and you can be seated. Gabriel is, is mentioned a handful of times in Scripture by name. And we learn through the study of the Scripture and historians that Gabriel was indeed the archangel, a messenger angel that carried great authority. And out of those handfuls of time in the Scripture that we find his, his appearing, we, we see that Right here in the first couple of chapters of Matthew and Luke, Gabriel appears to announce the arrival of John, the opening of a barren womb in the body of Elizabeth, who was a descendant of Aaron. She was of the priestly tribe in Zacharias. Now, it wasn't law that a priest such as Zacharias would have to marry someone within the priestly line, but it just so happened that it did. And so it was the perfect combination. It was the perfect chemistry, a preacher's kid marrying a preacher's kid. And, and so that's the way it was. And here was Gabriel that was announcing <clears throat> the birth of John, the coming of John, the impregnation of Elizabeth and her barren womb. And then it wouldn't be but just a few months later about five months later, that Gabriel would reappear to Mary and Joseph and announce the arrival of Jesus. What Zacharias was doing was very important. It's very easy to get the focus on the miraculous birth of John and miss the whole dialogue that took place with Zacharias. Zacharias for this time and this period, uh, historians tell us that really it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that someone would minister at the altar of incense because they would find out their responsibilities by lot. During the time of David, they divided the priesthood up into 24 courses. Abijah was the eighth course. It was reaffirmed in Solomon's day and then after the captivity, there was only a handful of these courses that, that survived the captivity in Babylon. And so when they came out, they were redivided up into 24 courses. And it is specifically mentioned here that Zacharias was of uh, the course of Abijah. It was part of his, his team. And the lot had fallen on Zacharias. This is your time to go and minister before the altar of burnt incense. And so he did, and it had already happened several times, and there would be more times to come even following the, the story that I read to you here in, in Luke chapter 1, but the angel Gabriel visits him. Now I want you to get the picture. There, there has already been a servant come in and, and has brought... This, this coffer full of hot burning coals from off the burning altar, the brazen altar, and put those coals upon the altar of incense. That servant has left. He's exited, and here comes the second servant, 
And the second servant comes in with a vessel full of the incense to deliver into the godly pure hands of Zacharias so that his hands can place the incense upon the hot burning coals and that sweet smelling savor, that smoke would go up into the house of the Lord. And they did this morning and evening every single day. Now the purpose of that incense that was on the hot burning coals was manifold. The first thing that it did is that it would extinguish the smell of death from the the brazen altar. The smell of sin could never penetrate. It could never get inside of the house of the Lord. Everything inside of the house of God had to smell sweet. And so it was not just for the nostrils of God, but it was for the priest himself. The priest could not be offering such a, a sacrifice. And you'll see what I mean here in just a moment. That was, that was impure, that in his nostrils or in his mind somewhere was still the stench of the burning flesh upon the brazen altar so that he would remember sin. The sweet-smelling savor helped him to remember death and decay and sin, the burning flesh of the sacrifices upon the brazen altar. And when he placed that incense upon the altar of incense and that smoke began to ascend, That smoke was a visible sign to the priest of the faith of Israel. It was now time to move into a place where everything that may have hindered the priest from going beyond the veil into the Holy of Holies had taken the blood and sprinkling upon the mercy seat and making this perfect moment of propitiation. Everything that would have hindered that had to be done with when they got to the altar of incense Because even though the altar of incense was in the holy place, it belonged to the holy of holies. It was one and the same. It was this smoke that would be taken beyond the veil that would would bring that sweet-smelling savor into the holy of holies. That when the priest would come before the ark of the covenant, he would not die because there would be a veil of faith. There would be a veil of smoke between him and God. And this whole thing was taking place and right in the middle of this stands and appears the angel Gabriel to give a life-changing historic announcement that your wife is going to bear a son and he's going to turn the heart of the fathers to the sons and the sons back to the fathers and he's going to bring restoration to Israel. Now he didn't give him any more Uh, details in that other than the fact that he would not drink uh, wine or strong drink, but that he would be filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb, and that he would be strong and mighty in the eyes of the Lord. He didn't say anything to him about being a prophet, though he did say that he would come in the spirit of Elijah. This is a historic moment. Now, I don't know how old that Zacharias was, when he was standing there at, at the altar of incense, but I know he was too old to have children because he told us that. He told Gabriel, the angel, he said, we're well stricken in age, I'm old, we're past the time of childbearing, whereby shall I know this, that this is going to take place? Now, I asked myself for the last two or three days, why, why was he made dumb? Why, why would, did the angel touch him and make him speechless? 
Because I look at Abraham, and Abraham questioned God in the same way. He said, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit the land of Canaan? And the Lord answered his question. I remember Gideon laying more than one fleece, two fleeces before the Lord, trying to get God to convince him that he was the one that was going to deliver Israel. I remember Hezekiah, when the prophet came to him and said, you're going to die, he believed it. But when he came back and he said, you're going to live and God's going to give you 15 more years, he said, I need a sign. And so, so Zacharias was not the first one to question an angel of the Lord or God himself on this particular topic. And so there had to be a reason why that he was made speechless. This was an epic Event. The altar of incense stood there. It, it represented the shedding of blood. It represented the rising of incense. The, the shedding of blood and the rising of incense belongs together. Redemption and thanksgiving. It was, it was a cause and effect. You couldn't have one without the other. And so what was happening here was the, was the precursor to the high priest coming in and, and, and sprinkling the blood upon the mercy seat and in Israel was going to rejoice. Now the Bible said that there was a multitude of people, all of Israel, were outside the temple and they were laying prostrate before the Lord. And it was customary that when the temple or the priest went into the temple, that it was they were not going to take any longer than they should take. They were not going to just linger in there because the longer they lingered in there, the more time they would give for them to do something that was out of order. So they would go in there and do what was necessary and do exactly what they needed to do. And they would come out and they would pronounce the ironic blessing upon the people. And the ironic blessing is found in the sixth chapter of Numbers, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee. We sing this in one of our songs. And be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. At that time, there was going to be offerings that were going to be made. There was going to be great rejoicing and thanksgiving. But the longer that Zacharias stayed in the temple the more the people wondered what in the world is is going on. Now, you have to remember the same priest that was questioning the angel about how in the world is this going to take place when we're too old to have children. That same man was about to come outside of the temple and pronounce the ironic blessing upon the people. And here is a man that is offering the incense of faith and praise to God, and he is seeing the smoke And he is understanding that it represents faith, but he is speaking unbelief. And so now, all of a sudden, Gabriel understands we've got a conflict of interest here. I can't let someone doing something symbolic speak something against the incense that he is now offering. And they go outside and pronounce a blessing, the ironic blessing upon the people of God. There is a breach in the faith channel here. And so he said... He said, uh, he said you're, you're going to be speechless. He said, Zacharias, because you did not believe. Now, I don't know how many years that Zacharias prayed for his wife to have a child. I don't know how many times he asked God for a son. But I know it had been years because he did not expect the angel to tell him that. Your prayer has been heard. What prayer? I hadn't prayed any prayers lately. I hadn't asked for a son lately. That was 20 years ago. 
We're too old to have children now. And so he was completely not expecting what Gabriel was saying, but yet he was standing there as the intercessor of Israel at the altar of of incense. It was the altar of intercession. That was the place where every breach was healed, where everything that there was a gap in anything, that it was to come together because the high priest was about to go beyond the veil and make the total propitiation for the people. And he said, I cannot let one that is is the intercessor, one that is here to make peace and one that understands the smoke represents faith, I cannot let him go out and declare to the people a blessing from God because we've got a conflict of interest. Am I making sense here tonight? Now, we, we don't learn until later, we don't learn until later that uh, Zacharias is deaf. We, we only hear that Gabriel said, thou shalt be dumb and thou shalt not be able to speak. But when it comes time for Elizabeth has had the child and, and John is born and they're trying to name him after Zacharias, they, they bring, the Bible said they made signs and they wrote on them, what do you want to name the child? So he wasn't just dumb, he was deaf. Can you imagine from that moment of unbelief, uh, from that moment for nine months, he didn't hear anything, he didn't hear one sound, and not one sound came out of his mouth. Because when you get to a place where you're standing in an anointing to intercede uh, and you're speaking unbelief, God's saying, I got to shut you off from the outside world because what's coming out of your mouth is not what I'm trying to do right now. You've got a posture for intercession, uh, and yet you didn't even expect the the angel Gabriel to show up and answer your petition. But I have heard your prayer. And whether you're involved in the speaking aspect or the hearing aspect of it, at all this is going to come to pass and so I'm going to make you deaf and dumb until what I have said has come to pass are you hearing me here tonight and so there was this exchange of sign language that was taking place now you've got to understand you've got to understand this was the most pivotal moment of all of the courses that were taking place in the tabernacle there intercession was, was taking place. Prayer is such a powerful instrument. Prayer is such a powerful tool. For the priest, it was not, it was not just throwing incense on hot burning coals. No, no. The priest had words that he had to speak for the people and intercession. He was standing there as he was putting the incense upon the altar, saying, God, let peace come to Israel. Lord, heal every breach. Lord, let the fathers turn to the sons and the sons turn to the fathers. God, we know that we intermarried with pagan people back in the time of the captivity. We know that we married Assyrians and, and, and the women or the men married uh, pagan wives and so now we've got husbands and wives uh, and the husbands are teaching Judaism and the wives are bringing paganism into the homes. Uh, that's what Malachi had to deal with in his generation. The prophet Malachi was, was prophesying to a mixed breed generation of Israelites uh, that had let the purity of God's law and precepts and statutes get polluted by the 
the things of this world. And God said, I've had enough of it. The time is coming. A Savior is about to be born. And I'm going to, I'm going to open up a barren womb of a woman, of a pure woman that comes from the Aaronic lineage. And the priest, Zacharias, that understands the principle of, of, of intercession. And I am going to bring someone that is going to forecome or forego the coming of Christ. And he is going to unite all of this and heal all of this. He's going to bring the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. And right in the middle of all of this, Zacharias is speaking unbelief. I want to tell somebody tonight that God hears every word that you pray. And it matters not whether it's 20 years since you prayed it. He heard it the first time you prayed it. He heard it the 19th time you prayed it. He heard it the 40th time you prayed it. And God has an appointed time that he's going to bring it to pass. Now what happens to us is we get, we get in this season where we're desperately seeking God. Just stay with me for a little while here. We're desperately seeking God. God, I... I've, I've got to have something from you, Lord. I need a miracle. I need you to heal my body. I need you to get rid of my barrenness. I need you to open up my barren womb, God. I need you to help me, Lord. Anoint my mind, God. Launch my ministry. Do this. Do that. And, we have, and we're, we're fervent about it. The priest couldn't come in there and just kind of put that incense on there. The Bible said, the historians tell us that the priest had to fervently plead for the mercy of God upon the nation. You cannot pray intercessory prayers and speak unbelief at the same time. It's a conflict of interest. And that's why a lot of times when we go into the prayer closet, we are talking ourselves out of the prayers that God has given us to pray. We know that there's a problem with the womb. We know that there's barrenness in our lives. We know that we're suffocating from a lack of fruit that we should be bearing. And we get on our face and we're calling out to the Lord. And we are interceding for the loss of our city. But in the middle of all of that, we don't expect the answer to the prayers that we prayed 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And God is saying there's a time for everything. It's not about you. The reason that I put it in your mind the first time, first place Zacharias to pray for a son was because I had a chosen time to bring the forerunner on the scene. He was going to grow and he was going to wax strong, but he was going to spend most of his time in the desert. But when I got ready for Jesus to come, I was going to lift the veil off of John's life and I was going to bring the forerunner out of the desert, eating locusts and wild honey, prophesying as a voice crying in the wilderness, saying, make straight the way of the Lord. Come on, somewhere, some way, the church has got to get back to understanding that when you pray, when you put that incense on the altar, God is not only going to hear it, but he's going to answer it. He's the one that put it in your heart to pray it in the first place, and he will respond to your intercession. If you believe that, would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise? Come on, give him praise. We find ourselves as deaf and dumb saints of God because we speak faith and unbelief in the same breath. 
If it doesn't happen in 48 hours or less, we're already talking ourselves out of it. We're telling ourselves why it can't happen. We're pleading our case for God. God, I know that I was crazy when I prayed this, but I forgot one thing. I'm too old to have children. I didn't realize that in my natural state and I'm not able to produce this. How silly am I, God, to ask you something to do something that I myself can't do. Come on. It, it, it may just be that God is waiting for you to get to the place where you realize that you cannot produce it on your own so that your intercession becomes so powerful that when the angel Gabriel shows up to deliver the message into your prayer chamber, you can look at him and say, I forgot about that prayer. I hadn't prayed that prayer in 20 years. Help me, Holy Ghost, right now. I hadn't acted like that in a long time, but I do remember praying that prayer. You telling me it's going to come to pass now? Yes. Let's go. Let's have it right now. Let's have that revival right now. Come on somebody needs to realize uh, that the power of intercession uh, is powerful enough to move heaven and earth. I fear sometimes that we have come to a place where we cannot hear the voice of God any longer. We're deaf to the things of the Spirit. We're speaking the wrong language. We're, we're regurgitating the voices of people outside, outside the church in the world. We are getting our direction from friends and family members uh, that have been through hell on earth and have no faith left in them. Uh, somewhere, some way, we got to get back in the word of God, uh, which is the source of faith. Uh, and we got to start saying, he's never going to leave me nor forsake me, uh, but he's going to go with me uh, even to the ends of the earth. Uh, we got to start saying, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, and I shall not Walter, he's making me to lie down in green pastures. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. This is the God that leadeth me beside the still waters. You can sit on me if you want to. I come to preach tonight that if you speak faith, you'll get an answer. If you speak what God is saying, you'll get the miracle that God has promised. Otherwise, we're going to be relegated to a world of sign language where we can't get the right word to come out of our mouth and we're just trying to tell the world hey I can't explain it to you and our arms are moving and they know we've seen a vision but we can't explain to them what's going on I'm going to tell you God is ready to verse, uh, birth a John revival in this hour a revival that comes with an anointing that will bring the fathers and the sons back together oh I wish somebody would praise him Come on, somebody praise him. Let me talk to you a little bit. Some of you are frustrated because you prayed and prayed and prayed and the womb is still shut up, figuratively speaking. You prayed and the answer hadn't come. The angel hadn't showed up yet. And you got tired of praying the same thing. Am I talking to anybody here in this place tonight? That's why people give up. That's why they leave the church. That's why they stop worshiping God. You can see the people that have lost faith in God by the way they worship. You can tell them by the way they worship. Because people that are just doing this because they're going through the motions, this is what we're obligated to do. We're just coming and putting the incense on the altar. Oh, God. Okay, bring the coals. Bring the incense. Okay, let's put it on there one more time. 
You can tell the people that have lost heart and have gotten disappointed and discouraged in their prayer life because when they come in the house of the Lord they come with no expectancy but you can also tell the people that understand that if I keep praying it and if I keep saying it God is going to do it in his time and in his season because this ain't about me it's about his kingdom and the reason that God put it in my heart is because he's got something he wants to do with me for his kingdom I wish I had a preaching church right now I wish I had some Somebody here tonight uh, that would say tomorrow morning I'm waking up uh, and I'm going to put the incense on the altar with a fervency that I hadn't had in a while. I'm going to open my mouth uh, and I'm going to pray the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man and I'm going to believe I'm going to act as an intercessor. That's all right. Once I wade through all this flesh, we'll have revival. Two miracle births took place. Zacharias and Elizabeth couldn't have children because she was barren. Joseph and Mary didn't even participate in the birth. But these are two births that came miraculously. That's the greatest favor that God could ever do for us. To do something that we absolutely cannot take the credit for. To do something and if somebody looks at it and say, I don't know how that happened. And we go, we don't know how it happened either. We've been past the time to have children. We thought our days of having children were over. We thought our days of promotion were over. I feel my help in this place right now. Come on, there's angels that are walking in this building. And they are looking for people to stand in front of and say, I know you thought it was impossible. I know you got discouraged when it didn't happen. I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm trying to put a prophetic word in you. You got frustrated when it didn't happen when you thought it was going to happen. Because we've got all these expectations. This is how you're going to do it, God. This is how you're going to bring it to pass. Oh, God didn't bring it to pass. Oh, he didn't follow my instructions. He didn't do it that way. Zacharias was looking at Gabriel. The only thing he didn't say is, are you kidding me? Why didn't you show up when I was in my 20s? Why didn't you do this when I really had a lot of faith? And the angel Gabriel was saying, listen, buddy, I don't have time to deal with you. You're supposed to be interceding for the people of Israel. Your intercession is worth nothing. You're a righteous man, but you're speaking unbelief right now. You need to get yourself away from this altar and don't come back until you've got some faith on the inside of you. When you come in a pre-service prayer, don't you come in here with your weak, anemic prayer, with your prayer that's lack, lacking fervency. When we come in here for pre-service prayer, we're not mumbling Jesus. We're coming in here believing. I'm going to put some incense on the altar. I'm going to let it burn. I'm going to let the faith of the people of God rise up and let the smoke fill the tabernacle. I'm preaching to somebody right now. There's an angel on its way to this generation and I don't want him to catch us having to do sign language. Somebody ought to open your mouth right now and speak something in the Holy Ghost and say it will come to pass. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. I'm going to remember the promise of God. I'm going to recover the promise of God. Woo. Yeah, we're not done yet. 
But I, 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 I got to get you coming into the sermon with me. Be seated. Now watch this. Watch this. Five months pass. Five months go by. John's not even heard of. She's pregnant. And then Gabriel visits Mary. Now think about this. Zacharias is a priest. He's a mediator. He's an intercessor. And he couldn't believe the promise of God. But when Gabriel showed up to Joseph and said, hey, I know this is not going to seem right to you. Because <laughs> y'all ain't even married yet. And she hadn't been with another man. But in just a little bit, she's going to start having morning sickness. Joseph didn't say, what? Are you kidding? Are you trying to humiliate Trying to embarrass, what are you trying to do? No, he didn't say any of that. And Mary said, be it unto me, Lord. That's the right, right way to respond. And so Mary gets an announcement from the same Gabriel. And she goes to the country of Elizabeth. And the Bible said that when she walks into the room where Elizabeth is, she's five months pregnant. That Mary walks in, and when she gave her salutation to her, the Bible said the baby leapt in the womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus, don't you talk about to me where life begins. Because Jesus wasn't even a fetus yet. And he filled Elizabeth with the Holy Ghost. So here, here's what happens. When the saints of God have destiny over their lives. Woo, I feel my help right now. You got destiny on your lives. Sometimes we're walking around worried about how much longer we're going to be barren, but all of a sudden, about 10 saints of God show up pregnant with destiny. And somebody, somebody walks up to a sister. A sister walks up to another sister. Or a brother walks up to another brother and said, hey, I haven't seen you in a little while. Yeah, I've just been kind of hiding away. I've just been kind of let this word develop in my spirit. I've been letting this thing that's in my womb that I've never had, I've never had before. I've never had these feelings. I've never had anything kicking on the inside of me like this. Somebody needs to get a revival kicking on the inside, saying, I gotta get out. Somebody needs to be incubating a revival on the inside of them. And all of a sudden we show up here one night and one pregnant saint meets another pregnant saint, and all of a sudden, what's on the inside of you begins to leap and revival saying get ready I'm about to come out I'm about to birth something I'm about to do something in this city that you've never seen but if you're not ready when it comes what good are we powerful powerful now the same process plays out in Isaiah chapter 6 
In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above it, the seraphims, each wing, each having six wings, with twain they covered their face, with twain they covered their eyes, or their feet then, with twain they did fly. And one cried to another, holy, holy, holy. Not the whole tabernacle, but the whole earth is full of his glory. You don't ever know when the glory is going to leave the tabernacle and fill the earth. You don't ever know when revival is going to leave the tabernacle and fill the earth. You don't ever know. Say, well, I don't, I don't think the Holy Ghost can reach my loved ones. I don't think he can reach my coworkers. You don't know my boss. He's a foul-mouthed, vulgar, filthy individual that's always getting accused of sexual harassment. I don't think the Holy Ghost can reach him. Oh, when the glory of God leaves the tabernacle and fills the earth, the post of the doors will begin to shake. And watch Isaiah the prophet when he sees it. He sees the seraphim come and he goes out to the brazen altar and he takes a live coal from off the altar and he brings it inside and where they would normally put it on the altar of incense. Instead, he said he took a live coal and touched my lips. Why? Because Isaiah was being raised up as an intercessor for the nation. And he said, I'm going to let the hot coals from the altar touch your lips. And he said, thine iniquity has been forgiven and thy sins purged. And Isaiah said, woe am I, for I'm a man of unclean lips because that's what happens when intercession is working like it's supposed to. Even holy people start saying, I'm unclean. Even holy people start repenting. Even holy people start trying to get their heart right. I'm a man of unclean lips and I, I dwell in the midst of a people full of unclean lips. And I heard a voice saying, whom shall I send and who will go for me? And he said, here am I, Lord. Send me. While Zacharias in the New Testament is saying, how is this going to be? Isaiah is saying, send me. God, I want to be in the middle of what you're doing. You need to understand the power of intercession. Now watch in the temple, morning and evening, they were offering the incense and it represented the living sacrifice. Morning and evening the smoke was filling the holy place the living sacrifice. I beseech you therefore brethren that by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I, you could say it like this. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present yourself a living altar of incense. I, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present yourself as a living mediator. But because that Old Testament priesthood couldn't quite do the job, there was a little baby that was born in Bethlehem. And he grew and he became a man at the age of 30, which was the age where men entered into the priesthood. At the age of 30, Jesus is led out into the wilderness and he is tempted three times. But when he comes out, having overcome the temptations of Satan, the Bible said that he came out in the power of the Spirit. And for the next three and a half years, he would turn the then known world upside down and he would die on an old rugged cross. But he didn't stop there. Three days later, 
he rose again, but it didn't stop there. He went up into heaven. He ascended up into heaven, and he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat, and he came back to visit and show himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs and was seen in them 40 days, but it didn't stop there. When his feet left the Mount of Olives, and they were standing there gazing, there were angels standing by saying, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus that you have seen go up into heaven, he shall return in like manner. Do the will of God is what he was saying. And the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, this man, because he ever continueth, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this, for this he did once when he offered up himself. That sweet-smelling savor, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, was Jesus. But ye therefore, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Paul put it like this in Romans chapter 8. We know not what to pray for as we ought to pray, but the Spirit itself, maketh intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. And so I'm preaching to this church tonight get out of your sign language. The reason some of you don't know what to pray is because you're speaking too much unbelief in your life. And the reason that some of you don't pray at all is because your faith has tapered off and has waned and you're not believing that God is still God in your life. But if you can shake that off there is coming a word of prophecy in your mouth and you and Jesus are going to participate in the ministry of intercession together. 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 It's a two-way conversation. It's not a monologue. Be seated. Your prayer is not a monologue. It's not God's not your toys or us. Lord, I'll take that for Christmas, and I'll take that for Christmas, and I'll take that for Christmas, and I'll take her, and I'll take him, and I'll take that raise, and I'll take that car, and I'll take that house, and I'll take that ministry, and I'll take all that. No, no, it's a two-way conversation. You give praise to God, and you talk to God, and you do make your petitions known, but when that's, when that's all said and done, you say, God, I'm out of words. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not as proficient as you are about making a session, so I need you to use me, God, as a conduit for you to intercede through. And Jesus said, I thought you'd never ask because you're just like Zacharias. You're standing there making intercession, but the words are coming out of your mouth. You don't believe what I'm telling you that I'm going to do in your life. I wish I had somebody in this place that believed that every promise that God has given you will come to pass, but it ain't going to come to pass as long as you're speaking against the promise of God and God, the angel told Zacharias, he said you're not going to hear anything, you're not going to say anything for the next nine months but the Bible tells us the Bible tells us in the 60, in the in Luke chapter 1 and verse 63 he asked for a writing table and he wrote saying his name is John when you start writing 
the right things. God will open your mouth to say the right things. His mouth was opened immediately and his tongue was loosed and he spake and praised God. Watch. Fear came on all them that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, What manner of child shall this be? I believe there's some people in this city that's going to go, What manner of revival can this be? That something like this would take place. Now watch this. And his father was filled with the Holy Ghost. When he began to speak the right things, when he began to speak faith, when he began to repeat what God had told him to say, his, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and he prophesied. Now watch. Before he was intercessor, before he was the incense placer, before he was the one that released the smoke, but all of a sudden now a prophetic anointing comes on him. And the things that angel, that Gabriel did not tell him about John begins to come out of his mouth. And this is what he prophesied over John's life. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people. And hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets. Which have been since the world began. That we should be saved from our enemies. And from the hand of all them that hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers. And to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham. That he would grant unto us. This is the God that spoke unto belief. This is the God that said how's this thing going to be? He said that he would grant us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Watch and he looks at John and he says and thou child shall be the prophet of the highest for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation. Somebody needs to prophesy over your kids to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of sins uh, through the tender mercy of God uh, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts to the day of his showing unto Israel. Somehow we've got to come out of our speechlessness Somehow we got to get our ears open. The reason we're not praying right is because we're not hearing right. The reason we're not praying right is because we are dumb in the spirit. Come on, can I help us right now? But when we start speaking what God is saying, when we start saying what the angel has pronounced over our lives, a word of prophetic utterance is going to come out. Some of you in these pews here tonight need to stop being so enamored with the prophetic and just let the prophetic flow out of your life. Instead of standing there and saying, oh my goodness, I prophesied. I actually said something that the Holy Ghost said. You ought to be living in the dimension of the prophetic. This is not the go through the motions church. This is the prophetic church that believes that in barrenness there shall be life. There shall be a child. Something is going to be birthed out of us in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. 
Come on, somebody praise him right now. I'm looking for the right way. Listen, Mark 11 and 24, I'd like for you to put it up there so we can see it. Mark 11 and 24. Now, in the context of everything that I preached here tonight, this verse has a little bit more meaning. Therefore, I say unto you, this is Jesus talking. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. You shall have them. Oh, we've heard that before. Can you imagine? Jesus is saying, I'm giving you carte blanche. Now, you got to stop praying silly prayers. This is why I was so adamant about us praying correctly in pre-service prayer tonight. Because we can't go the mo- through the motions of intercession. Oh, God, here we are again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God save somebody if you're willing to do it. If you're in a good mood, God, maybe somebody will get baptized someday soon, maybe in the next couple of years. Lord God, that's what our prayers sound like. But when you realize I'm part of the priesthood, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a peculiar treasure in the eyes of God. And when I open my mouth, I want it to be the Holy Ghost speaking out. I don't want to be some deaf and dumb saint of God that doesn't know what to pray, that doesn't want to pray. I'll preach all night until you get this. And doesn't know how to touch God when I pray. Can I just speak to some of you sweet people here tonight? And I love you. If it was up to me, all of you would go to heaven. But I didn't write that book. And you're not going to get there without a relationship with God. You can't just come in the house of the Lord and just throw a couple of sticks of incense on there every once in a while. Just watch the smoke go up and then God say, I'm going to do this in your life. Well, I don't believe that. They're preaching faith again. Oh, my God. They're talking about miracles again. Oh, they're talking about supernatural things again. Be careful because you can be walking walking around in the tabernacle of God and the Lord has destined you to walk outside of this place and go out into the streets and speak a blessing over people's lives but you can't do it being an intercessor and an unbeliever at the same time are you understanding me if you haven't got the message here tonight let me put it in a nutshell you gotta pray you have to pray you got to pray. God didn't raise up a dead church. Yeah. We got to have those times where it said that the presence of God was present to heal. When they had prayed, the place was shaken. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made of the church unto God for him. And an angel went and got Peter and raised him up, and the chains fell off of him. And he went through the first ward and the second ward and the third ward and came to the, to the gate of the, of the prison, and he wished not what had happened to them. Our world needs a church that knows what to do at the altar of incense. We've got to be intercessors. We can't walk around doing sign language all the time. Stay with me for just a moment. We're closing. As a teenager, when the Lord dealt with me about ministry, 
Here I am. I'm this backwards introvert, strange guy. I'm still not much different than that. A leopard can't change his spots, you know. I didn't ask to be born an introvert. I didn't ask to be born socially awkward. I didn't ask for all that stuff. And so when the Lord started dealing with me about ministry, this was what was going on in my mind. Uh, nah, <laughs> you, got, you, got the wrong, you got the wrong brother here. I got two older brothers that are much smarter than I am. And he was dealing with them. But I'm like, they can handle it. They got it. They can have it. Not this guy. I'm sitting there on the front row in the sanctuary in Houston. That 700-seat sanctuary, and it's packed. And I'm sitting there on the front listening to men like 80 Spears. Men of God come through and just peel the cover off the place. And the harder they preached, the smaller I felt. I remember it was like it was yesterday. I'm sitting there 14 years old, and I'm going, God, you got, you got the wrong guy. I don't know. I don't know. You, <laughs> you're smart, but you missed this one. I'm serious. That's what was going through my head. I was Zacharias saying, God, I'll put the incense on there. I can intercede for somebody. I'll do my best. But Lord, if you're, if you're thinking I'm qualified to bring a John into this world, that's not me. I, I, remember, I remember preaching sermons. First few years I was preaching, just feeling like a complete idiot, failure. I feel like that most times when I step out of the pulpit. Most times. That's exactly what I feel like. And I was just like, God, you you gotta you gotta stop. You gotta let me go. You gotta let me go. And it was almost like God saying, Okay, you 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 wanna be an intercessor? I'll I'll let you intercede. And he knew something I didn't know. He knew that the harder I prayed, the more it was going to get a hold of me. And I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not different than any of y'all. I'm just talking for me. I don't know your story. I just know mine. But we go through life feeling like, how in the world can God use this old lump of clay? How in the world is that possible? God, where do I even begin? And so we talk ourselves down. We talk ourselves out of everything. We're trying to tell God, use somebody else. Do something else. But the problem is, you've prayed some prayers that he hasn't forgotten. And he's been moving and shifting, turning your spirit upside down and working you over. He's been leading people in and out of your life. He's been ordering your steps. One day you wake up and you're ready to change the world and you're, the next day you wake up and you feel like the world is on top of you. And you know what he's doing? He's grinding you to powder. He's trying to get you to a place where you realize 
Hey, I'm not capable. And an angel's going to visit some of y'all. And when he does, you better be careful what you say to him. Because he'll let you be dumb and deaf for as long as it takes until he can get you to say the right thing. The thing that released his tongue is when Zacharias wrote on that tablet, his name shall be called John. John means Jehovah remembers. It wasn't just Zacharias that he had not forgotten. It was Israel. He had waited a long time. How long do you think that the Lord has waited to bring revival to this world? How long? Am I losing you? How, thank you all one of you. How long do you think that the world, the Lord has waited, or the world has waited on revival and the Lord has wanted to give revival to this world? Somewhere, some way, we've got to let the Lord fill us our mouths with the right word. So tonight, when we begin to pray, we're not going to worry about people around us. We're not going to worry about the problems. Well, you don't know what happened to me. Well, guess what? You don't know my, my history either. You don't know the struggles that I have faced either. You don't know the struggles that my family has been through. You ain't the only one. Everybody goes through struggles. The question is, when the angel of the Lord shows up, are you going to respond appropriately? Come on, I'm trying to stir some cold saint of God up in this place to get you back to the place that you need to be. This preacher, this pastor is preaching to you tonight. You must pray. Would you open your mouth right now? Would you open your mouth? Would you open your mouth right now? God, I'm tired of doing sign language. I'm tired of being a deaf mute. I'm tired of not being able to hear the voice of God. I'm tired of not being able to prophesy and to speak what thus saith the Lord. I'm tired of it, God. I can't even find the words. I've lost my revelation. I've lost my passion for the altar. Lord Jesus, I've turned this into, I don't even know what I've turned it into, but God, I need to get back. I need to stand in front of the altar of incense and I need to get my fervency back. Come on, saint of God. I'm preaching to somebody tonight and telling you it's time to light a fire. It's time to get some live coals off of the altar. Here am I. Send me. Oh, my God. Come on, I want somebody to open your mouth here tonight and tell the Lord I'm tired of being a deaf mute. I'm tired of my altars being dead. I'm tired of speaking unbelief. I'm tired of being negative. Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I believe. I believe that you're about to open my womb. Come on, every child of God, young, middle-aged, old, I don't care who you are, if the Lord is tugging at you right now, I want you to rush down to the altar. I want you to rush down to the front of this building. And I want you to open your spirit up. My God, I feel him in this place. We're not going to worry about singing. I want everybody, I want everybody to lift your heart and lift your spirit, lift your voice to him. And say, God, I got to, I got to, I got to get back. 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 I need my passion. I need my fervency. I need to have the smell of incense in my home. I need a visitation from an angel, God. I need to respond appropriately in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody.
Ah. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. That sound right there. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'm going to join the priesthood of heaven. I'm going to join the priesthood of Christ. I'm going to make intercession. I'm going to speak faith. God, I'm going to dwell in the holy place. You're going to give me the anointing, God, to speak blessings over people outside of the tabernacle. In the name of Jesus, Come on, saint of God, would you cry out to him right now? Would you not forget about who's listening? Is there anybody here on this last Sunday night of 2021 that would want to cry out and say, Here am I. Send me, Lord. Don't be afraid to lift your voice.